0: That's the question for a four-year-old. Maybe that's the whole sermon. What do you get worried about? Really? So, passage for today that I'll look at, John 12, uh, verses 20 through 28. I'm stretching it a little bit. You might want to follow along. It's on page 1065 in the Pew Bible. Uh, I'll be following along with this. Uh, Just to note two things. First of all, this passage, the context of this passage, is that Jesus uh, is in Jerusalem, so the Palm Parade, so to speak, happened already. Even though we're going to celebrate that next Sunday, uh, this passage happens after the Palm Parade, after Jesus comes into Jerusalem. Also note that between 22 and 23, uh, the Greeks want to be introduced to Jesus, and then Jesus responds to that, and at first read, in my judgment, it seems like Jesus, in fact, is not answering uh, their question. So, John 20, verse 12 and following. Please listen, this is the word of God. Now there were some Greeks, among those who went up to worship at the feast, which is Passover. And they came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida in Galilee, with a request. Sir, they said, We would like to see Jesus. So Philip went to tell Andrew, and Andrew and Philip in turn went and told Jesus. And Jesus replied, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. I tell you the truth. Unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. The one who loves his life will lose it, while the one who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Whoever serves me must follow me, and where I am my servant also shall be. My Father will honor the one who serves me. Now my heart is troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour? No, it was for this very reason I came to this hour. Father, glorify thy name. Let's pray. Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations that reside in our hearts, may these please you and build us. In Jesus' name, amen. Imagine a 16-year-old. A 16-year-old comes home and says, it's been the worst day of my life. My teachers are mean, my parents don't get me, my friends hate me, and I'm ugly. It is the worst day of my life. Now, let me pause. Does anybody understand that inner teen that resides in all of us? (laughs) Have you had that worst day of your life? When you're teen, you have it about once a week. When you get a little older, it kind of backs off, and we use different language, we're more subtle, but we get it, right? And so, it's the worst day of my life. I hate my life. I hate my life, says the teen, perhaps says the teen in all of us. I hate my life. Now, I want to listen to what Jesus says. I want to hear what all Scripture says. And I want to take each word with a great deal of seriousness. Jesus says, the one who loves his life will lose it, and the one who hates his life, in this world, will gain it in the kingdom. So is the, is the teenager on the way to salvation? I hate my life. What's going on there? What's with that? Let's take that seriously. But let's play a little bit. So in the passage, we have some Greeks, and a group of Greeks, it doesn't tell us how many, come to Jerusalem, and it's Passover, and essentially they're on a tour. The Greeks are touring Jerusalem. So let's ask some questions. First of all, who are they? Well, we know we can surmise, we can play with and know several things. First of all, they're not Jewish. We know that because if they were Jewish Greeks, in other words, Greek-speaking people that were Jewish, there would be a different word for them. So they're Greeks. We also need to know that in the New Testament especially, Greek means everything that's not Jewish, pretty much. So in, in Jewish mentality, you have two kinds of people, Jew and everybody else and everybody else is sometimes called Greek. But let's imagine these Greeks are really from Greece. They're from Athens or whatever. So they're not Jewish. They're from Greece, let's pretend. They're probably wealthy because they're on a tour and they're coming to Jerusalem. Uh, They're spiritually interested. They, They like to see what's going on with different world religions, you know, because they're from Athens and all the stuff that goes on there. And and now they want to see what goes on with these Jewish people, especially at Passover, so it's the central holiday. So here they are on tour in Jerusalem. Now, we can ask the question further, why are they there? Well, Again, let's play, let's surmise. This is exciting. Have you ever been on a tour? I mean, tours are exciting. I mean, it's like, you know, National Geographic tour, you know, you get to see all the different customs, it just kind of fills your heart. You learn so much, all the kind of strange culture of these Jewish people, all the black and the little curly things and the phylacteries they're wearing. I mean, it's very interesting and very exciting to just kind of see a tour of all these Jewish people. So it's exciting to to be there. And have you been on tours? It, It kind of gets you out of the stress of where you are. Let's imagine these people are really from Greece. Do you know what's going on in Greece? I mean, the economy is collapsing and the euro is like in the dirt and the economy, especially young people, is like four, well, I'm skipping a couple of centuries. But, you know, to, to get out, it's just good to get away. And, and so there's some stress relief and it's like National Geographic tour you get to know. And these people are really uh, spiritually interested. And, and after all, these, these Jewish people, they're very moral people and... and these tourists, we tourists, have something to learn from them. In, in Greece, it's, you know, pretty much anything goes, you know, it's, as long as you're comfortable with it, but not for these Jews. I mean, these Jews have, like, the, the Ten Commandments, and, well, from a Greek perspective, I mean, most of them are applicable. Well, maybe half of them are applicable. I mean, the thing about Sabbath-keeping, you know, that's kind of silly, and, and that, that not using the name and and, and the other tablet, the envy thing, and I don't know if you can... Well, so, so, but it's, it's important for them, these Jewish people. And we're on tour, and so these are very moral people. And as we're touring this, this kind of strange culture in Jerusalem, um, these people really seem to understand one God. Now, in, in Athens, in Greece, we don't have that. we got all these plethora of gods, and they're all doing their weird stuff. But one god that makes there's some logic there's a reasonableness to that after all uh the world just didn't kind of happen there has to be a designer behind this beautiful design i mean if you think about it chariots just don't evolve from leather sandals you know what i'm saying i mean somebody has to put that the wheels and the turning mechanism somebody designed that the engineer And, and so if you think just have a a multitude of gods and things just happen. I mean, to one god, a high morality, these people are very interesting. So you have these Greeks that are on tour and it just fills your heart, you know, just to see all these people and it's so interesting. And, and, and the problem with, this is a profound part, so I'll slow down here so you can take notes. The problem with tourists is that they're tourists. Write that down. <laughs> Problem with tourists, um, the problem with tourists is is that they're really just kind of dabbling in the culture. You know, They're really not, really not, what's the word? Uh, immersing themselves? If you translate the word immerse, uh, you come up with the word baptize. They're not really getting baptized. They're not really immersing themselves. They're just like on a bus tour, You know, looking out the window. It's all very interesting. In fact, they may be God-fearers, which is a technical word which says they're, they're Kind of dabbling in most of this Jewish stuff, but they they don't want to get too involved. You know that circumcision thing. I don't know about that. So, so uh, they're, in fact, this is their phrase. The Greeks came up with this: moderation in all things. Moderation in all. So we're kind of dabbling in this. It's kind of like a tour bus, you know. And and it's interesting. It's you know National Geographic, and and you know, have you been on a tour? Serious question. Have you been on tours? You know how it is when you're on a tour and you're there for like a week or two or something, and all of a sudden, because you're on a tour, I mean, you, you're just dabbling. You don't want to stay there. You think about home. Oh, you know the things. Like, can, can you buy a good pulled pork sandwich in Jerusalem? I mean, really? I can't wait to get home. You know, one of those good pulled pork when you got the barbecue sauce that drips down. Oh. To, and you start thinking about all those things because you really don't want to get too, you know, moderation here. You don't want to get too involved in these people, you know. I'm just looking out the the window and but have you been on tour? You ever notice when you're on tour everybody seems so nice. They just seem nice. It just fills your heart that everybody just... I can't get out of my mind that serious. That soldier in Afghanistan and he, he did the unspeakable. The, I mean, the unthinkable. And when I hear about that soldier, and, and one of the things I keep hearing is that he snapped. And what I want to suggest is that he didn't just snap. He snapped open. That in fact, in the heart of every person, there is a darkness, there is a cruelty, there is a vengeance, there is a hatred. And, and there are things around us that constrain that ugliness. But sometimes it just bursts out if you don't have those constraints. And, and I know that's true in everybody. Getting too heavy here. <laughs> We're on tour and everybody seems so nice here, you know, and all these strange customs, and it's just exciting, you know, it's exciting. And, The tourists who are there, they get like a bonus this time. They really do. So the Greeks are there and it's Passover and all the people are getting ready for Passover. But this is like bonus tour because here the Passover, the uh, the Palm Sunday thing happens. So on this tour, they see Jesus uh, walking down and they get what's going on. They're Greeks. I mean, they're the ones who invented the king riding in on a stallion with people shouting and throwing down their cloaks. That's what the Greeks developed, they understand. So here is Jesus processing in. It's not a stallion, it's a donkey, but people are throwing down their cloaks and they're waving things and they're shouting stuff and they understand. And this is so exciting. I mean, so they they come to Philip and they say, Can we see Jesus? You know, i got a nephew at home. Maybe I can get an autograph. This is so cool can we see Jesus, they say, can we see Jesus, and so the Greeks, they come to Philip, and Philip's like, oh, Greeks, (laughs) you know, Greeks, Um, do you remember what Jesus said to the Syrophoenician woman, what he called the Syrophoenician, basically a Greek, he called her a dog, (laughs) do we really, Philip's saying, do I really want to, you know, confuse matters by bringing a Greek, To Jesus, so there's safety in numbers. So uh, Philip goes to Andrew. These guys want to see Jesus. So Philip and Andrew bring the Greeks to Jesus, and they say, "We want to see Jesus, sir. We would see Jesus. We want to see Jesus." And I'm thinking to myself, "Do you really want to see Jesus? (laughs) You just saw Jesus, right?" And um, and he was leading. He was on a parade. What else do you want to see? Do you really want to see Jesus? Do you want to see the Jesus that you already know, like the image of Jesus that's already there? What do, you, do you want to see a, the guru Jesus There's there? I mean, Jesus out in the 40 days, you know, quiet. Is that what you want to see? You can see that. Do you want to see the social justice Jesus? You can see that. Jesus flipping over tables in the temple because people are doing things they ought not be doing. You, you can see that, Jesus. It's real. Do you want to see the prophet Jesus? You can see that, Jesus. Jesus saying, rip down this temple, three days it'll be raised. Wait till the abomination of desolation comes unto the altar. Be better you living in the woods than that. Do you want to see the teacher, Jesus? It's real. I mean, look at the Sermon on the Mount. You don't get better teaching than that. Do you really want to see Jesus? Can can I stop? I I did this the other day on on a Wednesday. Uh, Let me kind of go through it again. We've become tourists. There was a time when we weren't tourists, when we were travelers. The word traveler, the word travel comes from the word travail, and travail means suffer. It was assumed that if you were a traveler, there would be some suffering, some travail, because the road is windy and bumpy and there are thieves and mean-spirited people that are out there to hurt you that if you are traveling, there will be travail. And in fact, in the Christian world, we understood not only were we not tourists looking at the world, trying to stay comfortable, we weren't only travelers, we were sojourners. That wherever we are, it's not home. And in fact, comfort becomes one of the enemies, because when you become comfortable, you get lazy. That this is not home. Wherever you are, heaven is our home, and we're on our way to a better place. Do you really want to see Jesus? I think Jesus answered their question precisely. If you want to see Jesus, Greeks, then you have to go to the cross. It is the only place to really see Jesus. And there at the cross, we need to sojourn there. There at the cross, we can see Jesus seeing us. And when we see Jesus seeing us, then what we see It's all that darkness, all that filth, all that violence, all that anger, all that vengeance. It's all there. We see it. Except we lay that at the foot of the cross. Because we understand that's why he's dying. For our sin. And we come to understand that maybe I have been a tourist. And I hate my life because I've been a tourist. Because I've been excessive in the things that I should not be excessive in. And I have moderated the things that should never be moderated. We should love the Lord with all our heart and soul and mind and strength. There can be no moderation in terms of our obedience, in terms of our following, and in terms of our love. No moderation. Excessive amounts of obedience and following and love. And there comes a moment when we see at the foot of the cross, I hate my life. I've been a tourist. But it need not be, because I see the love of Jesus seeing me, and in that strength, in that spirit. I think there is a kind of self-hatred that is, in fact, healthy. And that is that self-hatred when you see you've been a tourist, that you've just been dabbling in the things of the faith. But you can leave that there and become not just a tourist, With Jesus, but a follower, obedient to all of Jesus and what he says and who he is, filling up with his love, so that you will love the Lord Jesus with all your heart and soul and mind and strength. There can be no moderation in that. Have you been a tourist? Let's pray. Lord, we give you thanks that you have called tourists like us to be followers and love you with excess. So we follow you to the cross, and there we lay down our sin. Rise up in the newness of life that only you can give in thy holy name.